Hey, watch your mouth. It's a common admonishment that's been given to so many children from their parents for generations. And while maybe we didn't understand this at the time, what our parents were trying to tell us was words have power, even the bad ones. But it's about how we string those words together that matters the most. For someone like me, an aspiring writer, that idea resonates deeply, as deeply as it has to many others driven to this storytelling vocation. Like, for example, Andrew Dodge. Back in 2011, Andrew Dodge was just like a lot of other people in this industry, a no-name screenwriter trying to break into the biz. However, Dodge was able to craft a script that caught Hollywood's attention. His script, entitled Bad Words, was a black comedy about a man crashing a national youth spelling bee for mysterious reasons. It endeared itself to enough Hollywood producers to get itself onto the 2011 Hollywood Blacklist, a compilation of all the most liked screenplays yet to be produced in Hollywood. Receiving a spot on the Blacklist is a huge boon for any screenwriter, but even more so to someone without any credits. However, many scripts have come and gone from the Blacklist without ever being made into feature films. You usually need someone to take a chance on your script. Enter Jason Bateman. Bateman, who was already an extremely successful actor by this time, was looking to wreck his first feature film, which had always been a career goal of his. One way or another, Dodge's script found its way into Bateman's hands, and he loved it. Bateman signed on to direct and produce the film, but didn't initially plan to star in it. However, after Bateman's top two choices turned down the role of bad-mannered guy Trilby, Bateman decided to take on the role himself. He even brought along friends Catherine Hahn and Allison Janney for the ride. Before filming began, Bateman and Dodge did another pass on the script, filing down some of the script's bluer humor to bring just a bit more empathy to Guy. But once Bateman was happy with the script, principal photography could begin. Bad Words shot for just under a month in and around Los Angeles and the San Fernando Valley during 2012 with a budget of around $10 million. Bad Words had its world premiere at the 2013 Toronto Film Festival where it received a positive response shortly after its premiere showing. Focus Features reportedly had bought the film for distribution rights for $7 million. It then received a very limited release later that year and ended up grossing just under $8 million. Even though the film never quite captured a large audience, through streaming, Bad Words has been able to continue to find its way to those who can appreciate it. If sticks and stones can break my bones but words can never hurt me, then why do any of you care what I say? So today, we're saying fuck it. As we ask the question, bad words, what's it about? I'm Ricardo Boy Diaz. I'm Seth Crow. I'm Megan Branham. And this is the What's It About Film Podcast, a show where we try to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding mirror to ourselves, and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. Megan, Seth, what's up? Hi. Shit, fuck, shit, fuck, fuck, dick, fuck, shit. I was just getting it all out. <laughs> hey, wait a second. Those are bad words. Uh. <laughs> mm. I'm bad words. I bad words. I I have <laughs> lots of feelings about bad words. About it's actual good. bad words. About the movie bad words. Both. 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 Oh yeah. So yeah. First of all. So yes. This was my pick. And uh, last week we both said that. Now that you had seen the movie, so I do. I, I want to know right off the bat here. Uh, what do you guys think of the movie? I liked it. I had never heard of it before um i don't think mm. and i like jason bateman a lot so i figured that it would be normally he's got like a pretty normally 
discerning mm-hmm. taste. I feel like his comedies are like not, I don't know. Normally I like them and I'm kind of hard on comedies. So mm-hmm. I was excited. And then once I realized who else was in it, like I love Alice and Janney and I love Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. So the minute I realized that I was like, okay, it's going to be good. And I liked it a lot. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I helped you find a little gem here. What about you, Seth? What do you think of Bad Words, the movie? I really liked it, but what for me, it's about the words themselves. Like, I could care mm-hmm. less about the premise and the plot and the, like, I don't know. The the plot it's, is very forced, you know? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's very, like, contrived and, and, like, you know, guy has a kid and he grows up and is angry. So he joins a spelling bee and that's for kids. And, you know, it's just, it's a very like niche, very, very, it can't get any more niche than this, this plot. Um, Mm -hmm. But to me, that doesn't really matter. Like to me, Mm -hmm. what matters is like the dialogue like the way mm-hmm. that they use words in this film is like awesome. So like it mm-hmm. could it could be anything and it's just right. The, the you language. could drag and drop this this general emotional core yeah. into any kind of scenario and it, it would work. Yeah. Uh the this chose the spelling bee. And I for me, we'll we'll get into it when we get into more of our theme glint here, but I the, I think there's a reason they picked a spelling bee as far as like the setting for this and and i agree it, it i think it's meant to feel forced because i think guy is for is for, is forcing himself into something that yeah. he doesn't where he doesn't belong but so even, i think it, it but even it's like, meant to feel contrived right but even like the the scenes with the kid and like what he mm-hmm. does with like it's just so far-fetched oh like, yeah like yeah like you could like i was thinking of it's it's amazing the difference between a movie in 2013 to the movie, a movie in 2023 is like mm-hmm. what you could and could not do. And even like evoke, you know, like mm-hmm. he's like, this is, I feel like the hangover was the end of that era, but that was in 2009. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So this feels like the last movie that's like hanging on to that like unhinged comedy era, but for smart people, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, it feels like, like when I was describing it to somebody, cause not a lot of people had heard of this mm-hmm. when I was talking to them about this, but the way I described it was like, it's very of its time. It's very like, to me, it was in the vein of, there was a section of time in the early 2010s, maybe like a little bit before that, mm-hmm. where there were, there were all these like, indie movies about niche competitions like mm-hmm. little miss sunshine or like this one or butter like there were i don't know where that came from but it feels even it reminded me a little bit of safety not guaranteed mm. um like that whole where everything kind of like looks really yellow yeah <laughs> it's it like kind of sad why is it yellow it's <laughs> like, weird the look of it is very of its time yeah. like it was very yeah mm. well so that's a good question seth so um i i I don't know for sure why it's yellow, but what I'm thinking is that it wanted because I also look at like what people are wearing, like people mm-hmm. are wearing a little bit more old fashioned clothes too. It's depressing, yeah. Yeah, I think what I think what they're going for is this idea of like old fashioned views, right? People who look at the world like that are very old fashioned. You know, a spelling bee is kind of kind of old fashioned. 
these characters, a lot of them are kind of buttoned up and old fashioned people. Um, so I think it was going for like, you know, this like Hollywood warm, you know, this like weird, like weird, like sickly yellow warmth that Hollywood has because it's, it's the sun's out all the time. You know what I mean? And like, if you go back and look like movies from like the seventies or the eighties, they have this sometimes this like yellowish tinge to them. Yeah. I think that what's, that's what it's going for, even though it takes place in modern day. I think it, it every time you like, I like look like, like somebody they're like wearing like clothes from like the eighties. It's 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 kind of weird. I feel like every I, I wasn't paying like super close attention to the clothes, which is interesting because normally, I guess when it's come on, girl, get with it. I, I know normally that's like a thing I'm thinking, but I guess that's that might be also telling the fact that I just wasn't really thinking about them because now that I am, I think they were there were a lot of grays and browns and mm-hmm. whites, greens. And, khakis like and olive green yeah I mean, it says olive green's his favorite color very drab very yeah. drab yeah very uh earth tones it does lend to this feeling of like on top of like the mood it gives it it feels very institutional mm. like you're in like a school or even yeah. like yeah like a, a therapist's office or something mm-hmm. uh punch no glove was like a uh inspiration for like a lot of the cinematography so, I could see that. So that like helps kind of ground it for you, Seth. Kind of like the vibe. I never that... saw Punch Drunk Love. It was always Ooh. on my list, but maybe we'll have to we'll have to get to that someday. See something controversial. I saw it and I didn't get it. I didn't love it. I'll say I, that. I just don't think I got it. Sometimes I just don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's a good movie. I just it's it. not my favorite. I know everybody like hails it, but like I yeah. think I thought I I I saw it long after the hype. And uh, I was like, okay, I, I, I it's I Paul Thomas like Anderson, it. right? Yeah. See, I don't usually get Paul Thomas Anderson, so I think it's just that me and him don't jive. That's fair. That's Even fair. though I think he's obvious. I mean, he doesn't need my. Do you chive with Paul Thomas Anderson? Hmm. Is that is that an onion joke? <laughs> it is. Honestly, I actually for a lot, of, I actually I actually don't vibe with a lot of his movies either. Like I wasn't a big fan of Licorice Pizza or Phantom yes, Thread I'm... or Inherent Vice. Yeah, um, Phantom Thread's the only one that I was like, okay. But again, that I, one like I think it's because of the clothes in that one. Mm-hmm. Like I the, love There Will Be Blood. Never seen and it, I, and I really liked Boogie Nights. We watched Boogie Nights. Again. Oh shit! I forgot that was him. I liked that. Yeah. You guys are going to have to bear with my bad jokes today because um, I'm like in the throes of actually writing down on paper uh, my this is a joke thesis, basically. And, so you're uh, in a jokey mood. I'm not you're even. Jokey no, jokes. it's not even. Puns. No, it's not. It's not jokes. They're not jokes. It's madness. It's 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 me <laughs> turning over the same phrases in my head over and over and over and over. And so I'm just looking for anything new to say. So, so it's like that meme. For that. It's like that meme with the woman looking at all the mat, all the mat. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so I just heard jive, and I thought it was funny that it sounded like chive, and I had to 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 point it out. Okay, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that. I respect that. Yeah, hey, I love that. It does you. sound like chive. It does sound like yeah. chive. So, yeah, you're not wrong. So we support you. So yeah, go chive yourselves. <laughs> you. <laughs> I feel a chive. <laughs> oh, you can't take me dead or a chive. Oh, okay, okay. Won't it dead or a chive? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
We're off the rails. Like, I hate everything right now. It's true. Like, it, like it's. I fucking hate writing things down on paper. I hate it. It's like it's probably gonna come into this conversation at some point. Yeah, I'm. Sh- it's already. It's we're here. This is a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 and then like if I start thinking overly verbal. I almost even can't talk right. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I hate writing things down. And I'm I'm like, have I have to, I have to. Yeah. All of my loved ones are coming to see me do this thing. And I have to be precise in my verbiage, which is relative to this movie. Um, yeah. So okay, I'll stop, but. No, no, no. I, I chose this movie. Because uh, yeah, I saw it kind of right back where it came out around because that time you in my life. Think I'm Jason Bateman and a total asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, do you feel like Jason Bateman? No, but I know Ricky sees me. No, like, I meant Ricky. Ricky, do you feel like Jason Bateman? Not precisely, but there are definitely elements to this that I definitely, obviously, very much connect with. Um, but I picked this movie because around that time, 2013, I was, like, really into the, like, indie movie phase. Like, I was trying to see, like, all, like, the little movies at that time in my life. And I, I happened to come across this one. I can't remember where or why. Like, what, like, where I f- had found it. Uh, but I did. And it's been a movie that I go back to, I mean, more than I go back to a lot of movies. I You know, it's, it's just such a watchable, fun movie. Um, but... But and I like that it's a little bit like it has rough edges, um, and I think it is definitely of its time. But it's I like how it surprises you that it, it can be so so crude, and yet you understand why. Yeah, which I think is I think is really good writing. That's one of the reasons why I like I think the writings of the script is really good. The dialogue is I think it's really solid. The structure, I think, is good. Um, and Jason Bateman is, is very, very charming in the role, even though he's not necessarily meant to be. You, Even though he's kind of a, he's kind of an asshole, you, you, yeah. you can't help but kind of like him. I don't know. Well, because the whole time you know that uh, that's, you know he has a reason and mm-hmm. you're hoping that it's one that's not – well, I think part of me thought it was going to be super stupid. Mm-hmm. Like – I thought it was going to be like about a girl or about, I don't know. I thought it was going to be kind of goofy, mm-hmm. but like the more you get to know him and like the more they like have these little moments, like glimpses into him, you kind of like start to hope it's something that matters more. Cause you want him to be, I feel like that's the only way he's still likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I brought this movie to you guys cause it's one of those movies where, like I said, where it's like, Movies that you've seen that you feel like no one else has seen, you're just like, I got, I want to share with this movie with as many people as possible because um, it's one of those movies that uh, I know so many, I know a lot of people haven't seen or even heard of, and it's one of those ones that I I like to share with people because I think it's really good, I think it's funny, and um, Seth, I don't think you're a guy Chobi, but so there's something that I want to that I when I when I watch this movie, I really do think about quite a lot, and it's like to get into the more thematic stuff. It's like, what do we, how do we respond to being wronged? Like, what is our revenge response to things? 
because for Guy, spoiler alert for anybody out there. So this movie is about uh, uh, a, a man named Guy Trilby who uh, per, uh, who competes in a spelling bee for children through a loophole uh, in an effort to uh, cause pain and get revenge on his father uh, who abandoned him and his mother uh, when he was a baby. Um, so, uh, and the, the father is like the person who founded the, the spelling bee. Um, so he's like trying to sabotage it to like get back at him. So that, and like, like Megan was saying, it's not like necessarily like a good reason to like be like an asshole necessarily, but it's a reason that you, you in your core understand you're like, Yeah. Like, this guy really screwed you over. Like, especially as you learn more about, like, the way his mom treated him growing up. They were obviously poor. poor. Yeah, they were obviously really poor. Um, she seemed like she probably was maybe a little bit emotionally abusive. Um, maybe, you know, he doesn't really say that physically abusive, but it's possible. I mean, she, she lit his book on fire <laughs> just for wanting to do a spelling bee as a kid. She She – through his book in a fire. So, you know, it's pop judging by the way he is maybe a little bit physically abusive. And obviously like him being a genius and not being in a school that could engage him, gave him behavioral issues. Yeah. I will probably talk more about this, but one of the lines that stuck out to me was like, I can't even, okay. It couldn't have stuck out that much because I can't remember it verbatim but he talks about like handling it in a, a more mature way or something mm-hmm. and then says like but that no one ever taught me that mm-hmm. do you remember what i'm talking yeah. about okay that line which i yeah. think is interesting and he even says like something like that's something like a father would teach me but right I, yeah you know, it I didn't, might, yeah you know yeah but i don't had never had one and and i also like the line where he's talking to captain han she like is like giving him secret like genius test questions yeah. And she's like, I have your like transcripts here from eighth grade. Your your counselor said that you had such signs of being a genius. And he's like, That asshole. All he ever told me all he ever told me was I was a piece of trash and I would never yeah. amount to anything. Then he's writing secret notes and I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. You know? Like yeah. that's the kind of shit that this guy grew up people telling him that he was garbage. And he's like obviously extremely smart, very gifted person. Um, obviously he's made his life work. I mean, he's he has a job. He, you know, not like rich or anything, but he Doesn't he's gotten like by. A, a copy editor or something. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a he's proofreader. Basically, he kind of like does what you do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. That's a well, like fun job. His sounds like a lot more yeah, boring, well, than just, and mine's not terribly exciting. I I, I, I do. I do less editing and more writing. It, it, it kind me, of no editing anymore. It made me laugh out loud when he said that because I thought I, I know like, I he's were just pro- talking he's about not that. He's an editor. He's a yeah. proofreader. Which we were just talking. Yeah, I was I was managing editor for a magazine for three years, so that was part of my job for a long time. Well, not a long time, but yeah. yes, in in some ways, I did feel a kinship with him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, he he never graduated the eighth grade. Like, how right. do you function in life without like? How do you get a job? He's just because he's just so he he's is not so well smart. adjusted. No, he's not. 
I don't you think could he did. say. He, I don't think he did. You know what? I think you could say that he's in a state of arrested development. Ah, because that's the show he did. I thought of that in the middle of it, and I was like, I'm going to say it. But it's very true. He definitely is, he is. stuck in his petulant child ways. Um, and like, so guys, what do you guys think about his like choice of revenge here in this movie? Like, do you think that that is like, do you think the, the, the punishment fit the crime, I guess for, for his dad? I don't think it, I, I, I don't think it really matters. I don't think it's about his dad. Okay. I think the dad is a catalyst for him to be able to pull the trigger on this plan. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's about well, well, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, you saying that it just made me like in the end when he's like the letter itself. He says something like, "These are just words, and I can't make you. This isn't for. I didn't write it to make you feel a certain way." Which I really loved. I love that last like bit, and I also love when it kind of cuts off when his dad rips up the letter. I thought that was really, really powerful. I wonder, but that line. I wonder if literally yours was the catalyst for writing this whole movie. Mm. Like that line. Yeah. That one line. Yeah. It said Maybe. it said uh, sincerely yours yeah. or yeah yeah, yeah it was, it's like I I am your child so yeah. literally I'm yours. Yeah. Well, all that to say when he says, like, I didn't write it for that reason, which just made me think, like, the reason any of us, maybe maybe not any of us, but when things really need to be written for, like, a personal reason, it's usually not mostly for the other person. It's for you. It's mm-hmm. for the act of, like, getting something out there, which it's, is yes. very similar to what their revenge plan was. Like, that was a real long game way to get back at your dad. Yeah. Well, I think I think what you guys are both saying is like I think clearly revenge is never about the person. It's rarely about actually doing anything to the person. It's about releasing your your anger and your and all those feelings. It's like a catharsis. Yeah, I think I think kind of I do think by definition revenge. I think there's probably another word for because mm-hmm. I think revenge is like you want to enact it on mm-hmm. that person, but I'm not sure he wanted. Yeah, I don't think he was after revenge. Well. Mm-hmm. He kind of was. He he. I think he he was. he was. And then once he had gotten a certain extent of it, he's like, I think he realizes, I just needed to get out these 30, 40 years of of anger. God, yeah, that's you another know? thing. I didn't realize that he was older. Yeah, he's at least. I think realizing mid he's mid to like, late thirties. Yeah, that's a long time to be. No, he's forty. Um, he's yeah, forty. Yeah, there you go. No, so he's 40. so. So there, so there you go. Not I mean, like, his mid thirties. Well, sorry, Seth. I was well, like, I said, at least I don't remember what Jason Bateman, how old Jason Bateman was in twenty thirteen. Um, but uh, yeah, like he had. I think. Oh, sorry. Forty years, 35, 36, 37 years of build up of anger, and again of emotional abuse from his mother and the system telling him he's garbage, and you know. He dropped out of school at eight, at eight, in eight, before he graduated eighth grade. What do you do after that? What, what from from that time to this time? What was he doing? Like, how was he living life? His mother just died. That's the catalyst for this movie. The mom passed away and finally told him who his dad was, and obviously that caused some kind of buildup of rage in him that he just had to get it out somehow. Um, and then once he got it. 
he's like, it, you know what? This wasn't. This was just about me releasing thirty-eight years of of anger. Yeah. Things that I have stunted his life. Like you said, stunted his his life. He's yeah. a, he's a genius. He could do anything he wants. Probably that's not true. Let's see. Well, no, I think that's true. I think he's smart enough to to figure out anything he wanted to do. No, but the no, thing is, what, no, what does he no, want to do? No, no. He says. Okay, go he ahead. Explains it. He says that doesn't feel like that's the best way to start a discourse. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, he says. Go ahead. He says I'm not good at a lot of things. That's true. And that's the that's problem. True. That's the problem. Well, he's probably not good at things that he's been. To- if you. If you geniuses, are raised... Geniuses can't do anything they want to do, usually. They can't. Okay. They can, well, they can I'll only say do this. They can do. Well, I'll say, he could, he could be, he could easily have, like I said, gotten his GRE, went to back to college. Like, he could do, he could do that and become, like, a professor, like, or a writer. He could, he could easily do that. I think. The thing that yeah. he actually likes to do. It's interesting to think about. I don't think I, like, really thought about that when I first watched it, but. It's definitely uh, part of the story is like what you could do with the energy you put into getting back at people or I don't know, building these stories in your head. Like he could have done so much with that energy I agree. that I, would have made a positive difference or like maybe fulfilled I, him a little I bit more. I agree with that. I agree with that. There, I think there's a line in the movie that he even says something like that. Like, I wish I could pinpoint it, but it, it he says something like, "If I knew what, like, if I could do something better, like along the lines of, if I could do something better, I would. Like, if if I were able to uh, point my intention elsewhere, I would." What? Sorry, I'm watching. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. There, there are arborists outside of my yard taking like branches that were hanging, and I'm just watching them leaf blowy. <laughs> sorry, that also sounds weird. Uh, they're arborists. Damn it, arborists. A R B O R. Arborists. I S T S. They're arborists. using a leaf blower to get the leaf stuff off of each other, and it's very wholesome. Off of each sweet. other. Like, like yeah, they're like it's like a scene from Zoolander. They're like cleaning each other. Yeah, but it was really hard for me to phrase that sentence without saying they're blowing, they're blowing each other. <laughs> I'm just watching them. Anyway, it was cute. It was supposed to be wholesome. Don't Sorry, you, everybody. Don't you don't you point that thing at me? You're swinging its full. <laughs> don't try that thing across me. That was very funny. <laughs> that 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 sentence disturbed me the most out of all the sentences. Don't drag that thing across me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love that. Like, it was screw. It was just so not... it was just so gross. Like the way he said it was so gross. You know, yeah. and like it just was like so hurtful because like I I mean vaginas are not gross, right? Like, but he said it. Thanks, so, Like, I mean, <laughs> see, for me, the the worst vagina joke, the worst vagina joke is the one where he's talking to Rachel Harris and he's like, "Take your take that blown out vagina of your oh, elephant that one, vagina of yours." That's funny. Like the way he said <laughs> that. Funny. That's funny. The the drag Long, across me joke, gray and distended. <laughs> The drag across me one, that's just nasty. Like the way he said it was nasty. The the elephant joke, that was funny because it was clearly meant to be like hurtful. Hurtful. But, but like fun like also funny. 
like just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. But the drag, like the drag across me is like, like I think misogynist. It, like it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's, it was wrong. It was wrong. I think it was probably also to do with the fact that, yeah, the first or the, the funnier t- to you one was like him being like mean on purpose and, and directing it at someone he was trying to hurt. Whereas like, this was just like a throwaway line to somebody he has been intimate with, yeah. and which and, is even worse. So you didn't, at find, the end of it, you didn't find the elephant joke funny. I didn't love it. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know that – there were parts that made me laugh, but it was more – I don't know. I like the emotional impact of the movie more than the humor probably. There were definitely parts that made me laugh, but I, I wouldn't go to it if I needed a mm-hmm. funny movie. Right. Know? Well, the humor is very blue. It's yes. very blue. All of the and humor is very blue. It's like, cynical. It, yes. Black none of it blue. is – It's black and yeah. blue. Yeah, none of this humor in this movie is like lighthearted. It's all pretty sarcastic, cynical, yeah. or you know, or crude. Like that's the, all the comedy in this movie. And so, like, if you're going to something like, like, just like have something broad, be funny. Yeah, this is definitely not the movie you go for. This movie is like using. And maybe that's one of the we reasons we don't use the I word broad anymore, Ricky. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 I'll say uh, uh, four quadrant. <laughs> I'll use the industry term for it. You know, four quadrant. Um, but uh, you don't go to this movie for, for that, for the yucks necessarily. Although I think it's pretty funny. There are definitely funny parts, yeah. One of the reasons I think I connect with this movie so much is because I think it's it's very sarcastic. Uh, yeah. it, like, it, it is very facetious, uh, which is the only the word that has yeah. all the vowels in order yeah. in alphabetical yeah. order i love that word that, facetious. that's one of my favorite things is like the usage of the words in the spelling bee to uh indicate mm-hmm. kind of the emotional tone of what's going on in yeah this, in the slubber de gallian yeah like all that yeah. Yeah. it's so good and yeah the, lang- the language really <laughs> is like the thing that gets me going in, in this Question: Were you guys playing along with the spelling bee while it was going on, see if you could spell those words? No, I already knew that I could. Although there was there was one time toward the end, they both had really easy. It was like infinitesimal, and then another one infinitesimally, and then whatever Jason Bateman's were, and those were like given all the other words they had spelled. I remember thinking mm. like those are easy, well, comparatively. Yes, uh, and yeah, those were probably the words. only two I could spell. Oh, you got me, my hair. It was Seth. Seth's mic shut off, but it's oh. back on now. I think Seth. Let me see. Say something. Cheers. Say something. Seth. Okay. Good. We're good. Cool. Weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. Like the the consistency of how difficult the words are definitely didn't didn't like they went up and down. Like some of the words yeah. in earlier rounds were definitely harder than some of the words in later rounds. Um, but I was I I I'm kind of a nerd. I don't know if you guys know this. Um, no, but like, uh, I I love words. I'm a word game person. I love I love crosswords. I love Wordle. I love, love Wordle. all word games. There used to be this game on Yahoo. Uh, yeah, when Yahoo had like really good games, like back when I was in like uh, junior high and high school, but Yahoo had really solid games on there. And they had this one word game. It was kind of like Boggle, but it was like a little bit more complicated because the word like web would get more complicated the, the design of the web would get more complicated each round and like people would get eliminated so basically like you would play be playing boggle and then like only the top 
whatever players in that round would go to the next round and go to the next round. But like, I loved it. I love mm-hmm. playing it. I love word games. And so like spelling is like an extension of that. I like, I like spelling. I like words. Um, so I was playing along and I had lots of fun playing along, but, um, uh, I have a mildly traumatizing spelling beast. No, let's hear it, please. It was such a long time ago. I I don't even like, it's one of those things where like in the moment I was like, this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. But like, I don't think about it a lot anymore. But when I do, I just remember the feeling. Um, And I was like, I remember we had our like spelling bee at my elementary school. It was like every year. And they would have like one in the classroom. And mm-hmm. if you won the one in the classroom, you would go to like another round. And then you would go to the, like the school-wide one mm-hmm. where it was in front of everybody in the cafeteria. And you would be up on the stage and doing a little thing. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like my my thing. Like I wasn't like super like – I had like just a couple friends. My thing was like, oh, she can like read and write. That's like mm-hmm. her thing. You were a smart so I was, like, you I like, to you were a smart it. girl. You weren't like other girls. No, I was exactly like other girls. But like that was like <laughs> – I, that was like my identity. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not good at much, but I can spell. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That was, that was all I had and I could read. Um, so I was up there. I like got through the first round and then the second round. And then I was on the stage and I think my word was like something really easy. It was like first or second round and I misheard it mm-hmm. and I was too shy. And like, I was already really panicky being up on stage. So I was too shy to ask them to repeat it. Mm-hmm. So I just guessed and got it way wrong. And everyone was like, you're not as smart as we thought you were. And it was so embarrassing. Um, And then the next year, I purposely spelled a word wrong in the last round of our classroom spelling bee so that I wouldn't have to go all the way through. Oh, Megan. We're going to cure this stage fright of you, Megan. It's okay. It's fine. Megan should open for you before Miriam. No. Before Miriam. (laughs) Do like Megan can do like a mini set. No. I'm going to call Megan. Once we start. I'm going to call Megan on stage. No. One. Once we start making money on this podcast and we can afford professional development, we're going to pay for Megan to do an improv class. Ooh. I, uh, yeah, if you're paying. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And also, for the record, this was in like fourth grade. So it's been a minute. Still, though, those are like core memories. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I misspelled raspberry. It's, That's it's a hard West, one. There's a P in yeah, there. No West one ever knows. Berry. Yeah, it's tricky. It's sneaky, it's yeah. sneaky P. Sneaky P. <laughs> that that sneaky P will always get you. <laughs> Where does the hotel want me to put my piss and shit? <laughs> Uh, that's true. My school never had a spelling bee. We had, I mean, we did. Obviously, we did spelling in the classroom, but we never had like a school wide bee mm-hmm. ever. So, oh, um. But yeah, I I love words. I love words, and your mom that's a good loves point. words. Hey, 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 Didn't hey! Get him. You better watch I'm, it. I'm I'm flying wild and loose with my words today because yeah, you better watch yourself, man. Yeah, my mom says. Speaking of my mom, my mom is one of those people that's like when I was growing up was like, don't say that. Yeah, she wasn't. She didn't like when they say like, "Watch your mouth." She'd be like, "I don't like it when you use those words." That's yeah. how my mom talks, <laughs> which I think is a better way to frame it. That's yeah. not like it's just like, "Hey, I, it's like learning from a very early age that your words can affect someone else, mm-hmm. and not in like a don't do that, but just like be careful when right. you're talking because it might be." Yeah, uh, and I, here's the thing. Oh, go ahead, sir. Wow, go ahead. Well, I, was just, I and I understand that. 
Like, I understand that, like, words have the ability to affect people. But, you know, here's the thing. So, like, my mom would always say that kind of stuff when, you know, even when we were, like, teenagers and stuff, when we would say, like, ah, shit, or something like that. She'd be like, don't say that. It sounds bad. Uh, It was never about, like – offending anybody it was the presentation of it like it, it was just it the, sounds yeah. it's not a nice word to hear and also probably a little bit like don't let other people hear yeah, exactly you say that because you're my kid yeah, yeah. and then they'll wonder it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's presentational and yeah. i and i would always say even to this day my mom was like i don't like it when you say those words like well, my mom a, and i'm a 30 year old man i remember the first time i swore in front of my mom i was like 16 mm-hmm. And it was because something in the microwave made a really loud noise and I was on the phone with my best friend in the kitchen and my mom's room was like off the kitchen Mm -hmm. and I popped and I went, shit. And I immediately after panicked and I was like, I I think I went to my mom and I was like, I'm really sorry. And she was never really that strict about it because I didn't really swear a lot, but Mm -hmm. she was like, it's fine. I don't love it, but it's fine. And now we just swear in front of each other all the time. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm I'm almost 30. So I only heard my dad cuss once. What was it? What was I, the word? What was the word? It was shit. And oh. uh, a and, good one. And it was used in the literal sense because I came home, <laughs> I came home from school one day and had to use the bathroom, and I used their bathroom, <laughs> and the toilet got clogged, and instead of using the oh, plunger, no. I like kept trying to flush. <laughs> No. <laughs> and so my dad got home. <laughs> my dad got home and he came in. And he goes, Sam, you got shit all over the bath. <laughs> so it wasn't like. Maybe it was Olivia. It wasn't like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, you panicked. I have, I have an interesting relationship with bad words specifically and with language in general, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I grew up really religious, so bad words were a thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember when people started, like, I remember when people started using them. Like, I remember I was in like the fourth or fifth grade and like everyone around me just started cursing and it was like, yeah. what, what in the world is going on? Like everybody's just decided that these things don't matter and I'm getting nauseous as you speak because because you're now using these words that that I'm I'm afraid of. Like I remember when my best friend just like fucking started spilling curse words, and like I was like Ben, what are you doing? You know, and it was like I knew he was selling out. I knew he was being cool. You know, <laughs> and uh, and I got made fun of a lot because of like this like good boy mentality and I was fat and I had braces and I had glasses and uh and I was uh a good boy and so Mm. a lot of a lot of bad words came my way Mm. or usage of like I mean I don't not that that like one of the an example of uh what i i was called um and i'm sorry if this is triggering for anybody but it's just the truth of what i was called uh they called me down syndrome boy yeah Mm -hmm. um 
and it's because my eyes are like slightly down downward slanted and i was like like chubby you know mm-hmm. and so like so like words for me i had to like i was good at them but i also had to like quickly learn that they are just words so mm-hmm. like i had that's why i think i have this like strange relationship with language it's like it's like i'm very good at using words but i also like am i i they're mean they're i have to so like remove myself from their meaning to a degree mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh that's tough man i mean i i've talked about it on the show before too i've experienced a lot of bullying growing up and it you know, but here's the thing. I was, I you know, I did martial arts all growing up, and everybody knew that. And like, so people didn't like physically try to bully me. No one ever like tried to pick up like pick a physical fight with me. Um, usually, it was like they would just make fun of me relentlessly, relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I had this one guy growing up. Um, I think I said mentioned this on the show before, but he was like a. He was a quick guy. He was a he was a speedster kind of guy. You know, he was very fast. He was on the track team. He eventually in high school he did soccer. Um, he was he was fast. Um, and he would pick on me more than like almost anybody else. Just like really horrible. Uh, and what he would do is he would he would mess with me until the point where I would like snap, and then he would run away because he was faster than me. Right? He just sprint away, knowing that like if I caught him, he be screwed because he can't fight i can um but that he'd do that constantly he would just tease me until i would get so mad that i'd be like dude i'm gonna i'm gonna kick your ass like knock it off and then he would run away because he knew i couldn't catch him mm-hmm. one time i caught him and i did not throw a single punch because he was on the ground he was like no no no, 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 no. And I'm like, just shut the fuck up then leave me alone yeah. for the love of god so, like, I totally get that. Like, you know, there's that, you know, I brought it up in the intro that saying that sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. And it's like, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, words hurt just as much as anything else. Um, and honestly, the pain of words lasts longer because they, they implant themselves into your subconscious, right? They, they, they stay there. They don't just, they don't just, leave bruises and cuts you know yeah and it, I guess it sucks I think I um I had a different response I guess because I also um I was pretty like I flew under the radar for most of like mm. school and then like had a little like um dyed my hair got my braces off didn't wear glasses like I you had a glow up I had a little glow up between you had a glow up oh shit so I came in hot and then I you know I got older and I put glasses back on and I was like actually this feels more correct um (laughs) but I definitely like in like fifth or sixth grade definitely went through a phase of like it wasn't it wasn't like relentless but I didn't like going to school because it would be like kind of behind my back or like I had friends that I had once like I used to have like really like close girlfriends and all of a sudden they were like not friends with me anymore like that kind of thing and I think their words were like I don't know if there's a there may be a difference in how girls bully and how boys bully there is um I think girls bully in a way that like 
cuts to your soul. (laughs) Well, it cuts to your soul. And also they'll say words that seem fine, but they're the tone or the, I don't know. There's just, they're very, I don't know. know The preteen girls specifically know what to say. And so I think my reaction was to, I realized, and I'd always been a huge reader and my family has always been like very into like, I remember, like, my mom, like, when we were listening to the music in the car, she would just, like, make me stop talking and be like, listen to this lyric. Like, it was, like, ingrained in me when I was, like, little, little that words are cool and powerful and they have, they can really, like, make a point. But I think my reaction when I saw that they could be used to hurt people was to double down on the power of using them for good. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so how do we, like, how do I make sure that I don't make anyone feel like that with my words? And now I'm very careful with my words, which I'm sure it's <laughs> people have noticed. I, I, I have noticed, and it's honestly one of my favorite things about you, Megan, is Thanks. how deliberate that means a lot. How deliberate you are with your words, and also how um, I don't know if conservative is the right word, but considerate is the right word. Like I, I, I. I see that you do not want to hurt people with your language. And that is, uh, believe it or not, uh, I also am a steward of, of my own language. Um, no, I, yeah, I believe it. Um, I, I can get become like my language can seem mad at times, uh, like mad is in like insane maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because I have to put that energy somewhere because I don't want to use my words for evil. And so mm-hmm. like I end up saying chive <laughs> or, or, or <laughs> like or like going going way yeah. in a different direction as opposed to like funneling my words into a specific intention. Um yeah. it has to go somewhere. And that's also fine too. I, I feel like there's people don't talk about how like fun words can be. Mm-hmm. Nonsense is also fun. Subjugate. Subjugate. <laughs> Subjugate. I appreciate, but I do appreciate you saying that, Seth, because I know that because of that, it sometimes can take me a very long time to make a point or get my my opinion or point of view out there. So I appreciate that it, I don't know. Sometimes I hear myself talk and I'm like, just get to a point, <laughs> but I have to be so careful. But for me, like, I don't realize how specific I can be um, until like some one of like someone I love has actually made me angry <laughs> and like mm. and like if it I'm I'm very very considerate but like if I'm actually mad my words I, I don't yell mm. I my word choice becomes so specific that it like will cut you to your core and like me too yeah Yeah. and so like that's how you know if I'm angry is if I'm getting very specific Um, yeah yeah that's the the flip side of being very careful with my words is that if I'm mad um like really mad which luckily god I was a nightmare as a teenager um really only to my poor sweet mom but now if I'm mad when it happens, if it's, if it's real, like even when I'm just venting to someone else about something, it gets, if, if it's really, really strong, then I can be very mean mm-hmm. in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which like, has definitely like, hurt relationships before. Like, truthfully me. Like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, oops, we're not supposed to say. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> I w- I, I I'm, envious. I'm envious of Jason Bateman in this movie. Um in a lot of ways. Because... There's a little bit of a fantasy, like a, a, a cathartic fantasy going on here where it's like, wow, like somebody did you really wrong and you're, you're, you're getting well, he's, back. He's basically, he's winning. Shed his, and this is like, I think as a, I don't, I, 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 I want to be specific about my word choice here. I, as a, I think, artist or philosopher or like there is if you could shed the the fear of social mores right then you're so free and like the way jason bateman uses language in this movie is like completely without regard to any social more and and Yes. And for me, that's what this movie is about. Like if we're talking about the big question, bad words, what is it about? For me, that's what this movie is about. It's not about what the words are. It's what is the intention behind them, right? A bad word is just a word. Fuck, shit, motherfucker. Like when Chaitanya says motherfucker, he's like, you see, did your soul burst into flames? No, like mm-hmm. like if you're saying a, a bad word, but there's no ill intent behind it. It's just a word. Mm-hmm. It's just an express. It's just used like any other word. It's used to express an intensity and feeling and emotion, or you know, it's just an expression. But even if you're using the nice words, if your intention behind what you're doing is bad, they're just as bad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I just my first thought is. There's a lot of the time when, like, especially now if we're talking about as we, like, grow and are more empathetic with how we speak and towards other people, mm-hmm. like, groups of people who maybe have not been able to, like, decide how they're spoken about, mm-hmm. now that they are able to, which is great, I think a lot of the time the problem is there might not be any ill intent when a word is used, mm-hmm. but it's, there there can still be negative effects on someone else, even yes. if you don't mean it. Whether it's like, yeah, I, I just think that's also that's, that's a the fair flip point. Side of that's it. a that's a thank you, Megan. That's a fair point. It's sometimes words come with a lot of baggage. Yeah, yeah, certain. I yeah. think when it's a, talking about people, like mm-hmm. groups of people, I think that's a little bit different than like just mm-hmm. saying fuck, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. like not angle. That's not directed at spe- a specific group mm-hmm. and to like separate them from other people. Yeah, it's you're right. I think it's different. When you're talking about groups of people, and the, especially when those people are like, "Hey, we're asking you not to use that," right? And it's especially unfortunate that a lot of the time, and it's changing now, I think, but a lot of the time, words that are originally used as slurs for certain yeah. people became slang. Yeah, for like people just used them without thinking about the groups that they, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I hope we're we're past that now more than we're in it. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Little side. Um, and yeah, I mean, Seth, we've mentioned this on the show that like something that was like a really popular insult when we were growing up. And again, not that we endorsed this at all, but like it's just what people used to say to us, uh, you know, using gay as a as an insult to anybody was 
super common where I grew up. All the all the guys are calling using it using that as an insult as a way to make you feel bad. Yeah, which is crazy because it's that's not even like well, I don't I don't have I don't, I don't know if I can say that it's not, but I don't think that. No, it's just like it's an identifier. It's not a slur, but right. then the way that they right the using it that they put on it made it so yeah. negative that all of a sudden it was where it, it shouldn't be that it should exactly. just it's just someone's identity exactly yeah um and i think this the reason i i brought this up earlier the reason i think it's a spelling bee and why spelling bee works as a setting really well is because it's it is so proper mm. it's so erudite that like the people who are running this spelling bee are bad people they're yeah. mean nasty arrogant like like uh, it's also the wor- there, there, there's bad so people. many rules around like it's also like fascist <laughs> like yeah. like they're 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 like this is you know like everything is very strict mm-hmm. um and they are they are the gatekeepers of intelligence to a degree exactly that's the yeah. thing is that they've like we are the we are the the upper echelon of, of intelligence and properness. And we are going to put all these rules in place that's, that define what is intelligence and what is decorum. And, yeah. and then we're going to like, we're going to keep people out who don't match what we think is proper. And then when something doesn't go their way, they immediately resort to tricks and to threats and cheating and subterfuge and even the parents do it too. They're all, oh, we're we're proper people. We're good people. And then as soon as something doesn't go their way, they fucking riot. Mm-hmm. You know, in that first scene. Well, it also has a lot to do probably with the fact that they seem like a lot of the kids and the families seem like they are people who have been like living in this very beige world and playing by all the rules for their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And the minute there's some evidence that maybe that doesn't work and they've been doing it for nothing, mm-hmm. then they throw a tantrum it threatens their status quo and it, yeah. and like their identity of them, themselves being so i think chaitanya says something about like hey like i got bullied a lot and i didn't have a lot of friends so i thought that becoming a wonderful speller would get me friends mm. and it didn't it just made them bully me more and i think a lot of i related to that yeah moment. i think i think a lot of <laughs> I was people like, yeah, who, i'm really smart who dive into smart. academia and like reading and some of these like quote unquote nerdier uh, uh, passions and pastimes yeah. do it because they are a little bit social, sometimes a little bit socially awkward, don't really know how to interact with other people very well. And so they dive into these solo worlds that are like, oh, I'm more in my head than I, than I have to be out here. High functioning autism. Yeah. And so – and then I think that make you make that part of your identity, right? It's like, oh, I'm I'm this really really smart, intelligent kid. I'm the smart I'm the smartest kid in my grade in my school. Because, or even if it's just the one thing you're right. good at, like I, yeah, yeah. For me, it was like, well, I am a good speller, so yeah. I can be useful in these instances. You need help in the classroom with this one thing, mm-hmm. right? I it can it, do it that. gives you a sense of. Important it wasn't even everything. And superiority, at least in one area. Usefulness. And, right. Power. Yeah. When, you feel right. Like- when everybody 
Yes. I think for me, I, I'm sure it was some power, but I think for me it was mostly usefulness. Like how can I be well, it makes how you can feel I prevent good. myself from being disposable? Right. Right. Because I feel disposable. But it's 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 control, right? Like it's like I can mm-hmm. do this. I can do this one right. thing. I know how to do this better one than thing. All of you. And it's better than I'm better at it than everybody. So I'm gonna focus on this one thing and become the best best mm-hmm. speller on the planet because mm-hmm. And if if I'm if I if I'm not the best speller if I'm not the best speller then then you know like exactly that's like this idea of like when people are telling you that you're trash that you're that everybody's making fun of you telling pushing you down when there's one thing that they cannot deny that they are not better at you that that you are obviously so much smarter so much better at. There's that that good sense of superiority of like no no like there is something that I am superior towards to you in mm-hmm. and like yes it can feel good to be helpful it can feel good to have control and power but it is when people are telling you that you're beneath them and you like oh I can prove I'm not at least in one area mm-hmm. that is I think it gives you worth if it makes you feel yes like you have it helps. Something. It's your it's yeah. your buoy yeah. it's your buoy in a storm. You know what I mean. You need that well, thing to keep you afloat, or else you're just gonna drown. And that's I think we're getting to more what this movie's about, in my opinion. And and it's like language is just a means to be able to connect with other people, like. And if you're using language to, which you can use language to remove yourself and guard yourself from other people, though, that's when it becomes bad. That's when it becomes bad words is when you isolate yourself. And Jason Bateman has isolated himself his entire life through the use of words. And it's not until this kid is able to break through that and connect with him that his words change and 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 that's and that's what's cool about language is that it evolves and changes and it's never it doesn't mean the same thing like like even the simple symbol of flipping him off became a symbol of love at the end of the film you know mm-hmm. so like the the words don't matter it, it, you're right there is the intention behind it but the intention is about connection and yeah. and and language is this is language is magic because it does create it creates a means of connection between two completely different universes you know it's like it it pokes a hole into your like we can we can get on the same page about something you know we can we can mm-hmm. agree that something is real because of the way it makes us feel and we can identify each other's like sameness yeah. And yeah, like the feeling of oh I'm sorry. No, no, I mean, go ahead. I mean use your words. I was sorry. I <laughs> I was just gonna agree. Um and like there is nothing I remember when I like stopped um for a little bit I wasn't reading as much. Like I was a big reader when I was in elementary school and then kind of stopped in middle school and then got back into it like really when I was like sixteen. And when you're sixteen and you remember how uh I don't know, like less alone 
just like reading a book can make you feel. I remember reading, like, I think it was like a John Green book. Cause of course it was, mm-hmm. but I remember reading like a sentence and just being like, Oh my God, like that is exactly it. And that was all I need. I needed one sentence. And then suddenly I was, I don't know, you just feel less alone. You feel less insane. You feel like if you voice that, maybe people would listen. And it's so, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's, always been my favorite thing yeah language yeah i think in the movie we see that we can see that happening with his relationship with captain han's character like she's sponsoring him because she can tell there's something there like and like she wants to like get this story and i mean in the beginning like she's like i've gotten you through like three comp three rounds of competition and you give me three measly answers which Mm -hmm. were gosh what were they I remember one was olive green and 32A. One was 32A. <laughs> it was its favorite, favorite uh, color and cup size. Yeah. Uh, and so he's holding back his, his words, right? He's holding back his story from her, um, which is causing them obviously a lot of turmoil. They don't get along, but obviously there's an, uh, she senses that there's something going on there. Like she's like, I know there's something deeper here and she can't help but be attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Even though he's an asshole, she's like, I know there's something in there, and it's that her journalistic mind is like, I'm a, a little bit, it's a little bit irresistible to her, um, which is funny. But then, it's as, funny and it's it makes sense. it's funny and it's a little concerning. It's deeply concerning. Don't yeah. look at me, oh, they, girl. <laughs> she has her own issues. Yeah. No, don't look at me. I get it now. <laughs> um, speaking of, I think they end up together at the end because they're like holding, yeah, they he like hands. carries a bag and they're holding hands. So I think they like get together, but like the moment that like she like pries more out of him is the moment that he like finally like shares with her his story, and you can see how it affects her. Right, like once she once he expresses to her what's going on with him, there is that moment of like I understand you now. Mm-hmm. I get it, and it and it allows him to to connect with her more than he. I think because he I think he's been holding back for so long. He like you said, said he isolates himself. Yeah, I think he hold even though he uses word he uses a lot of words. He talks a lot, but he uses words more as a as a well, deflection. That's, right, that's where the sarcasm, the cynicism comes. That he's using his words to deflect, yes. and that's what most people and do. isolate. That's what most people do, how they use words. And 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 that's and and that's personally where I struggle in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, is people don't use language with positive intention almost ever, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like when, okay, okay, positive is not the right word. Uh, honest intention. Uh mm-hmm. People use words to guard themselves. People use words to hide. People use words to hold up the structures of society that they think that should be enforced. Um, they're not after the truth behind the meaning or the moment. And it's infuriating to me. And that's why I get frustrated at words. I love them. I love them very much, but most people, most of the time, are not accurately using words. Yeah. Also, they do it in this movie, kind of what you were talking about before, this world where, like, 
they've created an elite um, a community with words where there's a right and there's a wrong and you have to have a certain level of knowledge to be accepted. And also that happens in everyday life, like academic language, like even having the, the ability to, I don't know, form your thoughts in a way that is, that you feel accurately represents how you feel or, or make sure you're not using language that might hurt somebody else. That's a privilege. That's language is gatekept a lot of the time and especially in the academic world and used to make people feel dumb or less than yeah we're like bad people right right if you don't have an extensive vocabulary you're yeah you're less than right yeah just because you and that's one of the things we're like like going back to like my mom being like don't use those words those words sound bad it's Uh you know use different words it's it's more like saying like use smarter words use right use more proper words because that makes us that makes you sound bad uneducated you know this and that like bad words quote unquote profanity profanity is associated with less intelligence right that's a lot of people a lot of people associate people who swear a lot with people who are less intelligent yeah not necessarily that's not true it's just what the association is and then yeah who decides what is good language and what's bad like this is a I would argue yeah, that the it's a much moment, bigger question. The moment does like no, I just mean like I mean like linguistically, like yeah, I I just you know what I I I agree that there is human measurement of language, but I think that language evolves. Language. Is, this is quite literally what I'm fucking writing down right now. <laughs> like, like quite literally um like you can measure language and i think even comedy can be measured just like every other part of language but there is something that is inside of comedy and there's something that is inside of inside of the use of words that is beyond our understanding um because meaning shouldn't be <laughs> like there shouldn't be anything like there shouldn't that like if you think about if you think about the fact that you can convey meaning that's mind-blowing like mm-hmm. like and this is and this is where i'm getting into my cyclical language and cyclical conversation because what came first did man make meaning or did meaning make man you know and that's like, and that's a, that's a mind fuck. Um, but I think, yes, there is a societal choice, right? Like there are, ling- there are, there are social things that decide what should and should not be said. There are societies, there are like academic institutions but at the end of the day, the moment, like what we're, what is said in the here and the now, you can literally feel whether or not it's right or wrong, which is, doesn't make sense. 
because yeah. like for I mean, example the the like the perfect example is that fucking bird you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if you write down on paper what flipping someone off means it does not mean unless it's under this specific time and place and setting in this movie at this exact instant you can change the meaning of something yeah well i that that's now we're getting to this idea of like subtext right right so there's text there is what is actually being what is actually being said and then there's subtext which is everything that's underneath that's not being said right and like you said like that is so determined by the person you're communicating with that your intention how they interpret it and the, mo- the like you said the, 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 the exact moment of everything mm-hmm. so much is being said without being said but like but it's being also being understood and it's like I said, this movie's so interesting because the subtext of like this competition is so condescending. These people are so condescending, and I think what's so cool is and kind of funny about this is like Guy is able to exploit these people because they misuse their words in yeah. the rule book. Instead of putting an age limit on things, which is, mm. seems like the, the the more concrete way of doing it. They they put a a a school requirement on it, mm. which is weird. So if it's supposed to be for kids, and say it's like once you get this old, that's it. You know, yeah. like like if that's what it is, okay. So why do this? Like, oh, you can't have graduated from from eighth grade on or before twenty eleven. You know, it's like, what, you, you, why do you use that word, the words like that? That's such a weird way to describe it. Like you guys made it more complicated than you had to. And someone's exploiting you because you misused your words. Mm-hmm. Someone's much smarter than the rest of you, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's so funny is that these people who are supposed to be so much smarter than everybody else and so be- so much better with words misuse their words. Megan, and, you look frustrated. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm really not. Okay. No, I was just listening. Okay. No, I'm not. I agree with what Ricky's saying. Um. <laughs> That's just my face. This <laughs> is what my face looks. <laughs> so that's just to say that I picked this movie because I have it also like Seth. I have a tendency to use my words as a way of blocking and protecting myself as a defense mechanism because – Many, many words have been hurled at me for a very, very long time, and I've gotten good at at diverting them with my own words and my own things I say. It's one of the reasons I've become, I've become a writer. So that way I can use my words in the way that I want to affect the, the things that I want. And it is so nice when you tell somebody a story that you're working on or something, and they instantly, like, I totally understand that. And, yeah. and it connects with them. That's, for me, what being a writer and an actor is about. And this movie, I think, is plays into that in a, in a, such a different way. And yeah. it's not about the words. It's not about whether they're proper or improper. It's about how they're being used and what is the intention behind them for me. As um, Efron said, everything is copy. Everything is copy. Um, thank you guys both for uh, watching this movie with me and chatting about it. We have a shorter episode day because we didn't do as much preamble as we usually do. We got into it right away because... 
Because as Megan was saying, Megan's got to go, so we have a little bit shorter episode I've got to go get my hair done, which sounds like it's something that could very easily be moved, but she takes... She books out so far. No, and If I don't go, I won't get no, it done we, for three more months. We understand. I don't do <laughs> hair. You. If I could, I would. <laughs> I love... She's so good. I have to go to her. Okay. Well... And this, that's the end of our uh, discussion of bad words today. Hopefully our audience enjoyed the movie uh, and let us know what you all think. I'm glad you both really enjoyed it and we had a great conversation about it, although shorter than usual, which is okay. But uh, before we do that, we got to uh, give some shout outs and then we got to talk about what we're doing next. So Seth, real quick, shout out. Yeah, uh, you can find me at X. Uh, you can find <laughs> The Birdie Word. That's T-H-E-B-I-R-D-Y-W-O-R-D. You can find me on Instagram at Seth Adam Crow. That's S-E-T-H-A-D-A-M-C-R-O-W-E. And you can find my website at SethCrow.com. That's Crow always with an E. And if you want to see my show, uh, it's going to be uh, at Third Coast. Ricardo Blade Diaz will be the host, which is exciting. Um, and that's on September 14th at 9 o'clock. And you can get uh, tickets at thirdcoastcomedy.club. All right. And that's right now? You can tickets are live? Yeah, they are live. All right. Everybody go get your tickets right now. Megan's going to be performing. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably be there, though. I hope you can make uh, it, I think I'll be there as long as – anyway, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Jane 61. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N. And at Sometime Songs. All right. And you can – you motherfuckers can find me at Ricardo Boy Diaz uh, on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and you can fucking find this show, uh, the What's It About Film Podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, at What's About Podcast on Instagram and uh, at What's About Pod on TikTok. And we fucking post new episodes every Friday morning. So that's where you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Every Friday morning we got new episodes. Speaking of which, it's time to talk about what is next. And it is Megan's turn to choose what is next. Megan, what will we be watching together next time? We'll be watching Bringing Up Baby. Ooh, Bringing Up my, Baby. Yeah, we're going way back. Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, classic. We love classics. Uh, so, yes, we're going to be watching Bringing Up Baby from 1938. Uh, for those of you who want to watch along with us, it looks like you can... Uh, it looks like it's not streaming free anywhere, but sorry, it's okay. It's <laughs> it's actually cheap. One of the cheaper ones. Uh, okay. You can uh, pay to uh, stream it on Google Play Movies, Apple TV, Redbox, Vudu, Amazon Prime Video, and YouTube for two ninety nine. So one of the cheaper ones. All right, everybody. Now I know Megan's got to go, so we're definitely got to right. sign off. So thank you all out there for listening, uh, and thank you to my two co-hosts for chatting today. We will all see you next time. Bye. Adios. Bye.